Amen. Good morning. Teaching others also. Here we are. It is Friday, January 14th, 2022. And we're going to get right into this study in Psalm. If you will, grab Psalm 1, Romans 11. We'll continue where we left off yesterday. I'll do a very short review. But for you to get this, you got to kind of just follow along as it's gone. And the reason I say that is, if it's about 15 minutes a day for a week, that's an hour and 15 minutes. So by the end of this session, it will be two and a half hours. So I can't review two, two hours and 15 minutes and get anything in here said. We're talking about focus in 2022. We're talking now to Psalm 1. Okay, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And we have been up to verse 3 where he said, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And we're speaking of this now. We're trying to get the forest before the trees, looking at the whole of saved people, bunch of trees in this forest. What is he teaching us? Now we're going to Romans 11, and we're learning a doctrine that is also a very deep devotional truth. The doctrine is that from the beginning of time, when God started putting together His people, those who followed Him, obeyed Him, he, they're part of the God family tree, you might say. The believers. <coughs> We're 6,000 years into this, and there's believers' names written in that tree. 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, when Christ came, something happened. He came, He lived, but then He died, was buried, rose again, ascended. He became the substitute and he finished everything that had led up to that day for 4,000 years of the Old Testament. And because it's finished, there's no more lambs and animals and sacrifices and all that. Instead, he is it. He is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And now it's completed and we're moving into this time period. Now, in this time period, he's including and offering the gospel to all the world, to the Gentiles. In the Old Testament, you had to become a proselyte if you were not a Jew, if you wanted to be part of God's people. But you were allowed to be, you were invited to be, if you were willing to embrace the Lord God Jehovah and His ways. So, you could be a proselyte and get in. In the New Testament, if someone claims they're a Jew, they've got to come just like a Gentile and receive Jesus Christ, which is an offense to them until they humble themselves, and they get in. But here's what he did in the picture, and we started this yesterday, is picture that family tree of God, believers, and at a certain point, when they finally rejected Christ in his first coming, he broke off of branches, and it created a wound, just like the wound in his side. 
And then the picture God gives us is that he took the Gentiles and he said they are wild olive tree by nature. Wild olive trees bear bitter, hard, honestly useless fruit. Okay? But he said what he did in Romans 11 verse 24. and He said he, we were graft contrary to nature into a good olive tree. <coughs> now the olive tree is a picture of life in the Bible. It's a type, as we call it, of life. In fact, it may have been the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. You don't know for sure. You just don't know. You do know this. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not an apple tree. And 99.9% sure it was what the Bible calls a vine tree in your King James Bible. And that very thing, those grapes, and from them, of course, comes alcoholic wine, etc., has been the source of falling all through the Old Testament as an example to us. And it's still the intellectual's choice of defying God when it comes to alcohol. I have sat at the Hollywood Bowl, the out, outdoor amphitheater, when they did Handel's Messiah, and down the front row in the big, big buck area, they'd spread out the white linens and they'd have their cheese and their snacks and their wine while they're listening to something about the Messiah, the Lord God Almighty. That's a contradiction whether you like it or not. It is. Okay, so, he said that he took us broke off a branch of that believer's family tree of God and he took the wild olive tree and put it in and grafted it. Now here's what grafting is. Grafting is when you take something that usually in, this, in the world, that's why he said contrary to nature. In nature you take something that is fruit bearing, good fruit. I mean like sweet fruit or special fruit. You take a branch of it and you skillfully cut it off Almost make it look like a point on the end. And then you take something that's very hardy, that, that's in the ground. It's called the stock in grafting. Here it's called the root in your King James Bible. And you make a notch in it to match that other notch and you insert it. And then they have different ways. Sometimes they'll wrap it. They'll put uh, certain kinds of cloth and certain kinds of chem uh, natural stuff on it and wrap it up. And it takes root in that root, and it grows and bears those sweet fruit. So by nature, what you do is you take something really good, and you put it into a wild or a hardy root that can withstand drought and all that. That's what you do in nature. So here's what God did. He went contrary to nature. Boy, if you get this picture, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps on the back of my neck right now thinking about this. Hallelujah. Think about this. This is awesome. He took us and he describes us as a wild olive tree. That is, there was nothing fruitful in our life. He said that there were things that we were ashamed of, and we were. <coughs> Isn't that amazing? Isn't it awesome that what God would do is take us and he put us into the, the family tree? But it's contrary to nature because here's what he did. He took the wild olive tree... And he planted it, okay? He planted it into a good stock. And then, because of planting it into a good stock, contrary to nature, we can bear the fruit of God's root. 
John 15 that I pointed you to. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Okay? He's the vine. He's the root. We're the branches. So, in nature, if you took a wild olive branch and you put it into a fruitful root, it would still bear wild olives and they'd be useless in nature. So what he's describing is that he did something super nature. We would call it supernatural. Now, that's not all that metaphysics, you know, voodoo, hoodoo. No, it's above natural. Well, if, if, you, if your life as a Christian is not above natural, then you're missing out. If you don't have grace, if you don't have love and joy and peace, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and goodness, and faith, meekness, and temperance, that's beyond people who aren't saved and aren't cultivating it, you're missing out. You have missed it, my friend. Because that's what He not just promises us, but He expects, and what He commands, and it's by us feeding on Him. And our source, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Word of God, Psalm 1, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree. Boom. Right there. See it? You see, the whole idea, this whole thing, is based upon that. So he grafted us in so we could bear fruit that is supernatural because it's contrary to nature. <coughs> See, this thing we did last couple days on which mind, okay, which mind, that's what this is about, which mind. Are you living in the Gentile mind, thinking just like the world would think, just some uh, Christianized version of it, or are you thinking like God, supernaturally? Therefore, if many, any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away, but old things have become new. That doesn't mean you don't have to choose which mind to think, that means you can and I do, I get a little impatient with teachers in particular, but Christians too, but teachers that would make you constantly aware that, you know, you're going to sin. Well, most likely you will do something. You know, you know at what level it gets to when you start getting conscious of the Lord? It's attitude sins. It's impatience, for example, with the world. It's pride where you think you're a little bit better than somebody else just because you're not better. You're just better off because you're saved and got the Bible. So as Adam had to dress and keep the garden, God dressed and keeps us and he tells Timothy that the preachers and teachers of the Bible are husbandmen also. Our job is to put it out and to feed and sometimes to weed and sometimes to dung around. That's our job. It's not being done as much as it used to be. Everyone's trying to motivate, motivate. Well, this is great motivation to me, and, it's, and I'm positive about stuff. I really am. But you can't be positive without getting out of focus, Psalm 1-1, then getting focused, and then feeding off of what you're focused on. In His law doth He meditate day and night. Now, you know how that becomes faster and faster and faster in your thinking? By putting the Bible into your mind, by reading the Bible, by memorizing some of it, by being so familiar that it comes to your mind. I saw a real classy thing. A very, very famous coach, famous, successful. Everyone, 
it, from his part of the country, especially his, you know, their supporters and their fans, fanatics, expect them to win, demand them to win. And all I saw was about 40 seconds of a post-game interview, and he had two young men. I don't, I don't know who they were because I didn't bother to check yet, but they were obviously leaders of the team. And people are asking all these pointed questions, you know, like did you, something like, did you cost the game? And I'm saying this based on what he said. And they went to leave, and he said, no, stop, everybody, stop. And I'm not going to be able to quote him. I didn't memorize it. But he said basically this. I couldn't be more proud of these two young men. And while we all have to learn things, do things better, he said, y'all need to realize you should be proud of these young men. And they really did their dead level best. And if you're disappointed, they're not you're not nearly disappointed as they are. And I was like, that is, that is a person, that's a husbandman who wants to grow the person. And you see, in our preaching sometimes, it will cross your will. I know it will. We don't set out to. And some guys think it's some badge of honor to just see how upset they can make people. That's ridiculous. Do you know that when you upset sheep, their wool grows out with weaknesses in it, and it weakens the value of the wool when they shear them and try to sell it. So it's no claim to fame for a pastor or a shepherd to constantly traumatize the sheep or control them by trauma. It's just that sometimes they have to be dealt with and helped. They have to sometimes be, you know, de-liced and sometimes they have issues that they have to, health issues. But you do it as a shepherd. Now here's my point, about just a little bit left this morning and this week. Look at that psalm over the weekend and think about this with me. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. So when it's not a fruit-bearing season, <coughs> excuse me, it's still a healthy tree. When it's not a fruit-bearing season, it's still got a leaf that shows some life. It's not dead. And your life needs to have life in it, even when it's in between something that might be obviously fruit-bearing. Where does it come from? From delighting in the law and meditating in the law. The Bible likens the Word of God to water. With washing with water by the Word, he says. So I would ask you this weekend... How important is this book? And do you want to be that kind of tree? And will you let God bear His supernatural fruit through this old dead branch that we are? God be with you. See you Monday.